When you choose Chadwick's, you get the best branch network and the best advice. Now get the best value in our spring sale. DeWalt 18 volt combi drill. Now 279 euro 99. Save an incredible 200 euro. Karcher K4 compact pressure washer. Now 209 euro 99. Save 90 euro. Myra Elite dual electric shower. Now 349 euro. Save 35 euro. Check out chadwicks.ie or visit a branch near you. Chadwicks. Let's get it done. Future Proof Extra from News Talk. Now, when we think of gorillas, power, strength, and aggression probably come to mind. And that's probably because of years of Western culture promoting uh, these animals like King Kong. But actually, these amazing creatures are intelligent, curious, and vulnerable. So, how do we better understand our closely related cousins? And what is it like to walk among them? Well, Dr. Michael Leach is an author and photographer. Um, he's written many books and made many uh, programs about uh, these animals. His new book is called The Great Apes Faces in Nature's Mirror. He joins me now. Um, Michael, if you wouldn't mind uh, perhaps talking to me a little bit about how you first came in contact with the gorillas and why you were interested in, in studying these amazing apes. Well, I've always been interested in the primates. My particular interest is animal behavior, and the more intelligent the animal, the more complex the behavior. So for me, the monkeys and apes have always been an exciting prospect. But a few years ago, I had the, um, I had the chance of going to work with these because I was asked to write a book on the great apes. And because I do the pictures and the words, part of the research project is actually going to live with them. I need to observe their behavior, sort of make notes on what I see, and take lots of pictures. And it was a chance not to be missed, to be able to go out to work, not just with gorillas, but orangutans and chimpanzees. It was a dream come true for me. And when I did huge amounts of research, the biggest part of the job, when you get a new contract to write a book or make a television program, you have to study the animals before you go. You need to know how to approach them, how they're going to respond to you, what time they get up, what they eat. And it was really exciting, and having done all that groundwork, to have the chance to go into the mountains and see these things in three-dimensional flesh and blood. It was a glorious experience. So the, the world's gorilla population pretty much exists in Uganda, the DRC, Congo, and, um, and, and Rwanda. Is that right? These are mountain gorillas. They're fundamentally two different sorts of gorillas. There are the lowland gorillas, which are much further west in Africa. They're in the Congo Basin, effectively. And these, the ones that I'm talking about, are the mountain gorillas. And as the name implies, they live in, in the high mountains of the Virunga Mountains, Rwanda, Uganda. And they're a very rare species now. As we speak, there's probably only about 900 in the world. Now, the, the lowland gorillas, they're kept in zoos. People keep them in zoos. They breed regularly. But for reasons we don't fully understand, when people have tried to keep mountain gorillas in zoos, they look after them, they feed them well, they get proper veterinary care, but they always die. We don't entirely understand why we can't keep these in captivity, breed them and release them. So the last few mountain gorillas... They're on the very verge of extinction, and there really is just one place you can go and see them. It, I find it really fascinating that you'd go to, to somewhere like that to do research in a book. I mean, when I think of the number of programs that have been made about mountain gorillas, I'm wondering, what is it that you would hope to learn that was new, and, and what sort of things were you looking out for when you went to end this project? Maybe describe what, what it is you wanted to do and, and what it is you saw. 
Well, having worked in both television and in books, television is a very good introduction, but most wildlife programs are about 56 minutes long. And all it can do is to act as an introduction. It can give you the basics. You know, it tells you where the animals are and how big they are. Whereas a book, obviously, goes into much more detail. So everyone knows what a gorilla looks like. They're, they're modern icons. But I wanted to show what they smelled like. How do you approach them? How do you learn to speak gorilla? And a big part of, of this job, whether you're working with gorillas or polar bears, is how do you get close? And television simply doesn't have that opportunity. So gorillas, despite their reputation, as you said at the beginning, their reputation is being angry and aggressive and potentially dangerous. And, and yes, they're, they're astonishingly powerful, but they're timid. And they really only have one enemy in the world, and that's humans. So when you go and see them, you have to overcome this, this natural shyness. And to do that, you have to enter their world... When I'm working with things like gorillas or anything else, one of the important realizations is I'm not working in the human world anymore. I'm working in their world, and you have to fit in with them. And they've, they've learned their own patterns of behavior. And that's when it gets really interesting. You start seeing into their inner world and understanding how they will respond to you and you will respond to them. It's a fascinating process. So talk us through then how you become non-threatening to a gorilla how do you embed yourself in in the that culture and and what what access does that give you well luckily when you when you do this job when you make wildlife films or white books very often you can have access to animals and environments that are normally closed off to tourists people genuinely want to be involved in in books and and um, television programs so very often i'm allowed into places where normally tourists can't go and that helps enormously because you can then control the parameters now i worked with several groups of gorillas but i wanted to work with gorillas that truly behave like wild gorillas now at the moment tourists can go and see gorillas in uganda and rwanda that have been what we call habituated which means they're wild gorillas but they've been taught to accept humans so you can go and look at them. But the very act that they've been taught to accept humans means that their behavior has been slightly distorted. Mm. They don't behave like wild gorillas. They behave like habituated gorillas. Now, if you're writing a serious book on wild animals, this is misleading because you're then studying animals that, that don't behave naturally. So when you're working with truly wild ones, you have to teach them, first of all, the very first step that you're not an enemy. When you go to a, an un, effectively an uncontacted gorilla group, they will see you and hear you, and they'll vanish. Very quietly, they'll disappear into the undergrowth. There's no aggression, there's no attack. They're simply nervous. And step one is to teach them that you're not there for aggressive purposes. And that involves obeying there are certain basic ground rules the most obvious one is when you meet a gorilla, you never look into its eyes, ever. You know this is going to be seen as an aggressive act. Or a sexual one. Yes, exactly. But it's, it's something you really want to avoid. Either with a gorilla is not good. <laughs> exactly. You want, to avoid, you want to avoid any kind of potential stress. So when you first meet a gorilla and they even glance at you, then lower your eyes. 
Just look down. That's all it takes. You don't have to turn your back or anything. In terms of guerrilla communication protocol, we understand a great deal. Face-to-face, parallel eyes with a stranger indicates a degree of aggression. If you want to look at a gorilla without um, exhibiting aggression, you give a sideways glance. So you look to your right and flick your eyes towards the gorilla. So a little sideways flick indicates nosiness, but not aggression. Right. And, and I mean, did, did you have to sort of become, I'm imagining what my my uninformed approach to this would be, how can I become most like a gorilla? So you exactly. know, if I no, went no, there... So, but did you, did you like have to learn how to move like them, or did they? You didn't want them to think you were a gorilla. No, they're, they're too bright to fall for a, a, a trick like that. But what you try and do is to well, the basic trick is to copy them. Whatever they're doing, you do. Simple as that. Mm. You uh, obey the basic rules. Don't look directly into their eyes. Gorillas are vegetarian. Gorillas are on a diet of roots and shoots and leaves, and these are very low in nutrition. So they need to eat an enormous amount every day. So they spend hours and hours every day. Now, one of the ways you can show a gorilla that you mean them no harm is you pretend to share their food. So if they're sitting there munching away at wild celery, you sit to one side. Again, you don't look into their eyes. And you, you snap off a stick of wild celery and you pretend to eat it. Now, this immediately calms the situation because they understand that you are there for the same purpose as they are, to have breakfast. You have to win their trust. You have to do this day after day after day. Slowly, and it is slow, they accept you, and that's the best you can hope for. Ideally, in my job, you want to be a fly on the wall. You don't want your presence to change their behavior, because then you're recording distorted behavior. You simply want to be able to watch them without them either being frightened or overly curious. And it was discovered by, well, some of you may have seen the film Gorillas in the Mist, and that was based on the work of an American called Diane Fossey. Hmm. It was Diane that worked out the protocol, the sharing of the food, the making sure you don't look into the eyes. So we're building on the work of experienced zoologists who were working in the forest hmm. 30, 40 years ago. You had contact with young gorillas as well, and and most animals, when a stranger comes close to their young, can get very protective. It, was that something that you were worried about? Um, and describe what, what happens when when you come across baby gorillas. Well, the, the big problem in any group is the dominant male, the silverback. They ooze power. And I've worked with many of the world's big animals, but I've never seen anything quite as awesome is a silverback. Now, he's not an aggressive animal. His job is to make sure that no one harms his family. So when you first meet them, the silverback is sitting watching you, six meters away, 20 feet away, watching you in case you do something wrong. Now, having read all of the, the, the previous work from Diane Fossey, I understood that if you want to be accepted by the guerrilla groups, you do it at their speed. If I walk up to a baby gorilla who's two years old, which is a irresistibly beautiful age, and I pick up the gorilla, dad will come and sort me out because he will see that as a potentially aggressive action. But if I sit still and the baby gorilla comes to me, which they often do, and starts climbing on me, 
Dad understands that this is being instigated by the gorilla. So it's a non-aggressive act. And young gorillas are like kittens, are like puppies. They're constantly exploring. They want to understand the world. They play with things. They fall off branches. They fight. And it's how animals learn. I mean, you very rarely will you meet a puppy that doesn't want to play with you or sniff your shoes or whatever. And it's the same with gorillas. When you first meet a young gorilla, they'll just disappear because they're frightened of you. But their confidence builds up really quickly. And by the time they got to know me, they have a siesta in the middle of the day. They all go to sleep for about two hours. The babies will come and they'll, they'll climb into your shirt and they'll steal your boot laces and push sticks up your nose. Because by now, they trust you. Now, if you try and pick one up, Dad will come and bash you. The whole point when you're working with these animals is to do it at their rate. Now, um, as you say, you know, you're building on the work of Diane Fossey and so on. Yes. You went there to observe. Yes. But uh, what did you learn that, that was new, do you think? Or, or when you came away, what did you know that you didn't know from reading the books or seeing Attenborough's work and so on? I think one of the, the biggest lessons is just how close they are to humans in zoology. For years and years, one of the big questions has been, you know, what's the difference between humans and animals? And there's been various theories. You know, we use tools, animals don't. That was abandoned a long time ago because many animals use tools. But when you're working with these gorillas, unlike almost any animal in the world, you're looking into the eyes and the soul and the family life of an animal that is so closely related to us. It is like looking at your third cousin, four times removed. They're not aggressive. They're curious. They're gentle. And assuming you don't push them, they are just as interested in you as you are in them. And that I didn't expect, because when you're working with something like a a crocodile, which I've done before. You look at a crocodile and you, you can't get into its head, mm. into its world. You can't imagine how its life functions. But when you're looking into the hazel eyes of a mountain gorilla, you can almost understand how it works. And you see a baby and it's using a stick and it's using the stick to poke things. It's like watching a human child. It's extraordinary, the connections we have with these animals so human-like, they're so curious, they're so gentle, that it's one of the most extraordinary experiences of my life. I remember in one siesta in the middle of the day, the, um, all of the, the, the gorillas go to sleep at one o'clock in the afternoon. They each make a, a rough bed. They just grab undergrowth and snap it over and make a, a round bed on which to sleep. And they'll, they'll doze for an hour and a half. Now, after one siesta... There was a female gorilla who was about 10 years old. She sat up and I sat up and she looked at me and she shuffled over on her bottom, leant against my shoulders and gave me a really big hug. So for a very short time, there was me and a very hairy girlfriend sitting in the middle of a forest. And that is such a privilege. When you're used to animals running away from you, to have an animal choose a wild animal, a rare animal, choose to come and make contact with you is simply breathtaking. One of the most extraordinary moments of my life. Well, it is absolutely on my bucket list to walk in your footsteps one day. Uh, Michael Leach, wildlife author and photographer, 
Thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed it. You're this. very welcome. When you choose Chadwick's, you get the best branch network and the best advice. Now get the best value in our spring sale. DeWalt 18-volt combi drill. Now €279.99. Save an incredible €200. Karcher K4 compact pressure washer. Now €209.99. Save €90. Myra Elite dual electric shower. Now €349. Save €35. Check out chadwicks.ie or visit a branch near you. Chadwick's. Let's get it done!